Good morning. Today we'll discuss Psalm 73. It's called a wisdom psalm, and the wisdom is a wisdom psalm is considered like proverbs, where they describe don't do this, instead do that, and describes a good situation, a bad situation. Um, Bruce Walkie, an Old Testament scholar, says the difference between the righteous and the wicked are、uh, that wicked are oppressive and violent and take advantage of the righteous, and righteous are often powerless before the wicked and therefore seek God's mercy and justice. And you note that the righteous never take it into their own hands to avenge themselves; they depend on God. So we start off with a truth statement in verse one: Truly, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, verse two says. So it's but as for me, I know this is true, but I cannot feel it. I'm not experiencing His goodness to Israel. My feet have almost stumbled, because the wicked prospers. Those who are arrogant before God, and so we do get stumbled when the wicked prospers and the righteous suffer. It's a raw, open, honest sentiment before God about the difference between what we know to be true versus what we're feeling right now because of our circumstances. And I think it also plays on the premise: if I serve God, my life should go well, and the wicked should get punished. And if you think about it, is that so wrong? Well, I think it's only in the realm of eternity and not on earth. So, what did the psalmist envy? Verse four,、um, they envy that the wicked were doing well, right, and not sick but well fed. And I think just life-wise, that's true. People who are wealthy have better health because they can afford better food,、um, housing, care, and comfort. So, wealth itself is not the problem. But what's the consequence of that wealth? It's the pride.、Um, the, verse six says, "Pride is their necklace." They get proud,、uh, become own gods. Don't feel the need for God. They do not want to acknowledge God as the owner of their wealth. Hearts overflow with ho- follies, and verses pure in heart speak with malice against heavens. Pride is against God and defiant against God, not allowing Him to be the owner of our life. And it's、uh, and I think this is true to life. And that wealth does tend to have this kind of effect on our heart and soul.、Um, And then verse thirteen says, "So the psalmist says, 'All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence.'"、Um, implies that his efforts to remain faithful and heart clean is not worth it because there is no reward. In fact, the result is greater suffering, stricken and rebuked every morning while the wicked suffers. So sometimes wicked prospers. I'm sorry. Sometimes people think, "What's the point?" So I think、um, life's trials brings us to that point.、Um, in the Focus 2021 message by Jeff Liu. He pleaded with us, with the youth, as well as us who are listening, to remain faithful in the barren times after the initial joy of salvation,、uh, where things go wrong, we fall and sin, and feel like giving up because it feels too hard to keep obeying God, keep trying again, keep repenting and serving God. And I think I've experienced being at this point myself along my faith journey, as well as others in our church. Sometimes it's our families not doing well, or when our marriage prospects do not pan out, or facing financial problems, problems with kids, ministry failing, and that's when we envy those who are not suffering as much at that time, even casting doubt on God's faithfulness. Whether He knows what's going on, does He care? Um, then the psalmist says an interesting thing, verse fifteen. If I had said I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. So how is speaking in this way a betrayal of the generation of God's children? It it would be if they had committed and vowed to be together, stick it out, hang on to God's promises if they're connected with one another. So our decisions, choices, attitudes, complaints, all impact one another because we are related. We are children of God. In his family, of the same father, 
And I remember people who were deeply ashamed of their failures and situation and thought it would be better off for others if they left. But they got it so wrong. What benefits one another is relational faithfulness. People around us are counting on us to hold on. It is our individual example of hanging on, not growing bitter, but holding on through the slog after the initial honeymoon phase dies. Otherwise, it's a betrayal. And verse 17 says, How does the sanctuary of God helps us understand all this better? By discerning their end. And in the sanctuary of God, where God dwells, where people worship Him, we remember what eternal stakes are, heaven and hell, and what truly lasts. And in verses 21 to 22, um, I want to pause there. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast towards you. So when we get, um, when we forget the eternal reality, we become like a beast, not hearing, not seeing properly, purely led by fleshly desires and appetite. And we turn against God and charge at Him, blaming Him, bitter, complaining, angry. We get beastly and irrational, have no sense. We forget God's past goodness and all His promises. Instead, we make Him our enemy who wants to torture us. It's like the echoes of the demoniac who accused Jesus of coming to torture him. But verse 23, the good news is that we're continually with him because he holds our hand. Um, we get If we get ourselves to the sanctuary of God, to the place where we can hear him, worship him, and be with his people, that's how he gives us counsel, through his word and his people. We get to come to our senses, become rational again, to see clearly, stop behaving like a brute. And what does that coming to our senses moment look like? Like the prodigal son who comes to his senses from his pigsty, where he was like a beast himself by remembering his father and his home. And he looked to the looked to the father in um, his father back at home. And so verse 25, look to the heaven. Whom have I in heaven but you? Who is in heaven? Our fa heavenly father, creator, God, master, Lord. And compared to that, everything on earth passes away, fades away. Who am I? I am mortal and decaying, but God is the strength of my heart, not my flesh, not my desires. That's not my strength. So that's our coming to our senses moment. Who is God and who am I? And verse 27, and then we get to see what matters in the end. Those who are close to God and faithful to him. And that is a gauge by which he judges humanity. And the wicked who are prospering will perish eternally because they are unfaithful to God and relationally distant. Then we have a story to tell, verse 28. I may tell of all your works, of how he worked, how he was faithful in our trials, how, and because we were able to just hang on and become, and we became a source of blessing to the generation of his children.